Okay, so let's keep track here. Garrett, one, yep. Ryan, zero. Yep. Okay. We're gonna review our preseason predictions in yes. which Cliff was the judge. So now, he gets to be the executioner. <laughs> <laughs> you were feeling pretty good about it, and so this basically restores order in the world. I was so awful, this was so bad. I'll admit it. Welcome into the lounge, the off-season edition, Garrett. We don't, you know, it's not good to get into the off-season lounge. I much prefer the playoff edition <laughs> yeah. of the lounge. But here we are. We're in off-season mode. Yeah, it's off-season mode, and it's amazing how quickly the page turns. We're already talking about salary cap cuts and trade talk and free agency moves, and you don't waste any time. I, I say I've this got the whole off-season plan already written. Oh, we got the I've got the, yeah, I've got the whole thing done. We spent the entire week, basically. We, we wanted to do a podcast earlier in the week, but really we needed to wait for two things. One, we needed to let our emotions cool off before going on the live microphone. <laughs> Level heads have prevailed. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't open up the mics uh, before we had cooled off a little bit. Secondly, we needed to build out the entire off-season plan. Sure. So we've done that. So we're we're two things checked it's off. It's time here. for me to deliver that to the Costa. Yeah, we're gonna. I'll, I'll send that up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we get any further, you might hear some laughter here. That's from Clifton Brown. Uh, you may, you know, you guys have recognized him from being here a few previous podcasts. So Cliff has graciously decided to come into the lounge today to. Uh, keep the level heads in line. Well, and part of it too is we're gonna review our preseason predictions in yes. which Cliff was the judge. So now he gets to be the executioner. <laughs> <laughs> the judge, jury, and executioner. Here we go, Cliff. Uh, before we get into that, let's read an email. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. This one comes from Brian Slagle. Okay. He says, fellas, I love I'm still loving what you guys are doing. I just wanted to give you my two cents on the game, which I flew up for early Sunday morning from Charleston, South Carolina, mm. and got back from late Sunday night. Oh, big day. Big yeah. day. Dedication. Now, he's going into the booze for Lamar Jackson and uh, the rest of the offense. Okay. And we'll talk about this a little bit because it was a hot topic uh -huh. after that game. Says Brian says, I think the booing wasn't directed towards Lamar, but more for the entire situation. Lamar didn't complete a pass for literal, literally for 38 game minutes, two hours in real time. And they were behind, which I <laughs> I didn't realize it was two hours. That was That's like the longest point. two hours of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were behind, which I think many people going into the game would say is the worst formula for the Ravens. At the time of the booing, the offense was not working at all. So why would it hurt trying to ignite the offense with January Joe? I realized the Chargers D was owning the Ravens' pass protection and Joe may have gotten blasted, but I think the fans wanted at least one shot for him and also give him a proper send-off from the Baltimore fans. I've seen a lot in the media saying the fans disrespected Lamar, but I don't think it was directed at Lamar one bit. I can promise you the booze for Joe wouldn't have been, would have been a lot louder if he went 38 game minutes without completing a pass. Just my two cents. Hey, just on that last point, could you imagine if Joe was a starting quarterback and Lamar was sitting there on the bench oh. and Joe went 38 minutes without completing oh. a pass? Oh, gosh. Oh. It would have been, yeah. Could you imagine that? Same exact stuff, chance, all the same stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. If for that reason, I, I actually completely agree with what Brian's saying. And we've talked about this, and I think you guys are on the same page. I really don't think that fans booing was were 
saying like Lamar Jackson stinks. You know, like we don't like Lamar anymore. We're off the Lamar bandwagon, which is how I think some of the Ravens players interpreted it. They're like, how do you just jump off the bandwagon so quick on this guy? It wasn't that people, even those same people booing, might sit there and be the biggest Lamar Jackson fans next year, or even if the Ravens had won that game and Lamar was back as a starter the following week, they could have been totally on board the Lamar Jackson Express. I think that they were just frustrated overall with the situation, like you said, and that the Ravens weren't mixing it up and going to jump. Yeah, I don't think that the booing at all was directed at Lamar. I think it was basically directed at the decision not to make a change and the frustration with the offense overall. And I get why players don't like to be booed. I mean, if you're a player, of course, of course you likes don't want to be, be booed. You don't, Boo! want to be booed. <laughs> you don't want to be booed in front of your home fans. And so I understand why there's a feeling of being disrespected there, especially I think players felt like Lamar's the guy that got us here. Why are you trying to get him out of here? Yeah. And I think that's a fair point for a player. <laughs> However, I also think that if you're a fan, you have the right to boo. I you, completely agree. You, like, I, I agree. I've been a fan. I've been a fan at a game. You go in there and you're not pleased with the product. And I think that you have a right to boo. And I think that like that to me showed that Ravens fans are so passionate about this team. And if you want passion and you want excitement and you want people to really feel invested in the product that you're putting on the field, booing is part of that process if it's not working. It's just part of sports. It's what happens. And like obviously it's, it's not good because if people are booing, that means they don't like what they're seeing on the field. It's just not good all the way around. Right. But, you know. The players and coaches are paid to succeed on the field. Yep. That's their job. And if they don't do their job as well as people like, then they're going to get booed. And that's the fans' prerogative. So worry about doing your job better instead of worrying about the fans and what they're doing in the stands. That's my two cents. Now, I get Jimmy Smith. I completely get Jimmy Smith taking his, having his boys back, mm-hmm. having Lamar's back, and saying, like, people jumping off the bandwagon are way too fast. I like that. I like having your players back, but you have to be able to draw a distinction there between like what's actually wrong and what's not, you know? Well, I think spinning it forward, too, it gave Lamar a taste of what goes with being a franchise quarterback. He had been on such a roll in the seven games before that, winning six of them, all of them at home. Uh, these type of situations, it's not going to be the last time he's booed at home. Uh, it's not going to be the last. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm saying it's not because yeah. Yeah. there'll be a game if where. If I were a betting man, I'd probably say no. I say no, and Joe, Joe's experienced that too. I do think, even though it wasn't directed personally at Lamar, there are still fans who aren't convinced yet yes. that this is going to work out with him being a franchise quarterback. I would agree. I think that's part of it. It also shows why it never works to have two guys who could be the guy. Because it's always going to create a divide between people who want Flacco to be the guy, in this case, and the people who want Lamar to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as one starts playing badly, they're calling for the other guy. Right. So moving forward, it's interesting that people say, well, Joe should have gotten the nod, which I could totally understand. But I also do understand John's thinking that if Lamar is going to be the guy, he's going to have to go through this. And it's hard to make that decision in a playoff game where really all you want to do at any cost is to move forward. Or it's go 1-0. Right. But it clearly was a message to Lamar from his head coach that moving forward, he hasn't wavered in his belief that he's the guy. Right. I completely agree. And and, uh, just to further dive into this Chargers loss, you know, one thing that's going to be debated for a long time is whether it exposed whether – the, the longevity 
the long-term success of this kind of offense. And here's one thing that I will say about that is this kind of offense is going to evolve, right? The Ravens will not be running the same exact offense in 2019 as they did in 2018. Now, Lamar's, you don't want to change what Lamar does, what he does best. And his legs are what make him special. I mean, you know, he's got a great arm. I think he can be a good thrower, but his legs are what make him special. Let's not lie. So you're, he's always going to be a quarterback that runs, but he, you're fooling yourself or you're naive or, or short-sighted if you think Lamar Jackson is a finished product at this point. I mean, come on. He's playing his rookie year. He will improve as a passer. So, so people saying like, oh, well, the Chargers cracked the code. Now, anytime the Ravens face another team that they've seen before, they're going to be able to do this. I, I disagree with that notion. Yeah, I think you need to hold off on the one game total conclusion drawn. Like, right. it was one game. And guys have poor games in playoffs or Whatever. You can have a one-game blip. Now, I think the reason there's more chatter around that is, you know, the Chargers went with this different lineup. They went light. They had all these defensive backs. Right. And, they and completely, what's stopping another team from doing it? That? Was, it was the first time that a team had seen the offense twice, so now they've figured this whole thing out. But I think it was more a factor of – I think those things that I just mentioned were part of the reason that the offense struggled, certainly. Definitely. I think that Lamar just had a bad game. Yes. Uh, so I think that just adds to it. Um, and, and I think that you're going to see the Ravens make changes. Like, I look forward, to me, top priorities for this offseason offensively. Whoa, we're going to get into this later? I know, time. but I'm just saying, we're, not, we're starting oh, right man. now. Is, is, is you want to beef up your offensive line. The offensive line got manhandled at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And that's what you want to do. You want to find a way to beef up that old line And if you do that, I think this offense is going to be fine. Well, you do that, and teams go light against you with seven DBs next year in week one, and you smack them straight in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little surprised the Ravens didn't try more of a downhill running attack against the Chargers and their seven DBs Mm -hmm. later kind of look. But next year, the Ravens will learn from this, I'm sure. And if they can improve their offensive line, even running back situation, they can they can beat up on some teams and if Lamar becomes a better passer which I think he will this offseason just more consistent more accurate all those things better mechanics he's going to light it up i mean if you add a better passing element to this it's going to be tough to stop yeah he's got to have a plan b or plan c something else he can go to besides his legs on a consistent basis and i think that Lamar's inexperience as a quarterback showed up in that game more than any other because once, you know, so the Ravens' favorite options were taken away, they had no effective plan B. And that's what's going to have to change with Lamar. He's going to see a lot of different looks like all quarterbacks. He's going to have to have something to go to when what he wants to do best is taken away. So, yeah, he's not even a full season game-wise into his career. He's 22 years old. He's going to work hard. He's going to get a lot of coaching. I feel he has the right makeup to reach whatever his ceiling is. Which that ceiling is high. I mean, that's really the exciting part about Lamar is, you know, he he has a long way to go still in some areas of his game. But in terms of all the first-round rookie quarterbacks, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I think, is an excellent quarterback, had an excellent rookie season. But if, if Lamar can become, like I was saying, become a better passer – his ceiling is higher to me than any of those other guys that were drafted ahead of him. Yeah, and even the Chargers after the game were still talking about, I heard Bosa read a quote, he's ridiculously fast. Yeah. Uh, someone else said he's still a great quarterback. The guy is, is someone you have to game plan for. Right. 
finally moving forward, the Ravens have a playmaker every week that the opposition has to game. Yeah, back. and here's the thing. It was Lamar Jackson's first playoff start, the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game. There's plenty of guys who have lost their first. I'm just looking at some numbers here. Eli Manning, first playoff start, 10 of 18, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. <gasps> Joe Flacco's first playoff game, 9 of 23, 135 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Ben, 17 of 30, 181, one touchdown, two picks. Yeah. So, like, you right. look at these guys who are p- potential, you know, a, like lot of, a lot of good quarterbacks lost their first playoff style. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of Those them. are three Super Bowl winners right there, and they didn't necessarily play the well. The list is a lot longer than that. I, I oh, saw for sure. one. Yeah, like for sure. Drew Brees, I mean, all, all these guys yeah. almost. Peyton Manning got so, destroyed, I'm pretty sure, in his first playoff start. So, he's not alone. I mean, and, and Lamar, I think the big thing for him is just going to be that he's going to have to approach this offseason aggressively to improve himself and, uh, you know, take the next step. But let's not discredit what he did this season. And this gets to our next question of just the viewing the season as a whole. For him to win six of his last seven or six of his first seven games, for him to be the most dynamic rushing quarterback, he ran for more yards in NFL history than any quarterback has ever done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the best running quarterback maybe ever yeah. that we've ever, ever seen. Bet- he's a better running quarterback than Michael Vick. I agree. Yeah. And we're saying that after he was a starter for half a season. I mean, there's so much to be excited about here uh, that to get down about all that because of one game I think is foolish. Yeah, Lamar, yeah. I, I think that there's, been, there's, there's reason for excitement with him. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And, and I think that going back to the question of sustainability, is this going to work and all that, he is a, such a special player that he can make it work. I, I really, I don't, I don't personally have that many doubts that this offense is not going to be successful with him at quarterback. I just really don't. I, I think I, injury is probably the biggest concern that everybody has. And, and I've been asked about that a million times. Uh, you know, I think he's good at avoiding big shot. It only takes one. It can happen, but I think he's pretty good at avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you talk about building these other pieces, I think obviously the more other threats the Ravens can have around him, the less he has to carry the offense, i.e. maybe even carrying the football. I mean, I would like to see Lamar, as good as he is as a runner, I would like to see his rushing attempts be kept to a certain number, lower than they were this year. I think there'll be certain situations where he'll have to run to make things happen and to win a game. But I would like to see over the course of his career that he not be a guy every week carrying the ball 15 times a game. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I kind of like 10 to 15 every week. I kind of disagree with you there. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I agree a little bit of a decrease from this year, but I don't, I don't want to take what makes Lamar special away. Okay. I would agree that it's probably 10 to 15. It's not 27. Yes. Like no. he did in his first <laughs> game. If you're getting up around 20, that's too many. But 10 to 15, like I'm still scripting runs for Lamar. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Oh, sure. I'm not just saying, like, if his stuff's not open, let him run. Like, you got to let Lamar be Lamar. Mm-hmm. And even if that does increase his injury factor, just have a, better, a you, good backup. You got to take the full package. Yeah. You got to take the full package. And, and a big piece of that package yeah. is the running yeah. ability. Exactly. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the season as a whole. And I think we'd all agree that it was a success. I mean, you get back in the playoffs after missing it for three straight years. You're four and five at the midway point and totally came back uh, to make an awesome run and win the AFC North. How much of a success is it? Because obviously the Ravens have Super Bowl aspirations every year and they fell short of that. It was their first, pl- first exit in the playoffs. Sorry. 
It was the first time they lost their first game in the playoffs under John Harbaugh. Does that make yeah. it more clear? Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, you know, how do you step back and look at this season as a whole? I mean, I think if you had said at the start of the season you win the AFC North, are you happy? Do you take it? Do you take it? And most fans, I think, would have, mm-hmm. even if you knew that you got bounced from the playoffs in the first round. With that said, I think it's it's certainly a disappointing end. You lose a home playoff game to a team that you just beaten and really handled two weeks earlier, and it was the reverse was true this week. They just absolutely dominated that game. But then the Ravens still had a chance to win it in their final possession, which well, is crazy too. Very, very similar to the Chargers yeah. game out in LA. Yep. So, <laughs> so I, I think that it's it's a it's a positive season. You have the first ranked defense in the NFL. You win the division, home playoff game, all of that. I think the ending um, and just getting sort of dominated the way that they did yeah. kind of loses a sour taste in your mouth. Right. But if they had like played better and they just ended up losing it would have been although i would not have traded that for the bears loss. i know oh i mean i've said i've said to people you know like i would have loved for the ravens to win the home playoff game and then everything you every round from there is sort of the cherry on top now had the ravens won on sunday and they're going into new england i probably would have said if you just won one more game i probably (laughs) would have said that all the way exactly i probably would have said that the entire way but i truly do believe that's the one thing that i wish that they were able to win that game on sunday but at home at home and all that and and really have some good vibes about how everything ended but there were some great moments this season that win in la that cj mosley interception to clinch the playoff spot was such a great moment to me like this is a year with some awesome moments and um it didn't end obviously the way they wanted, but I think that they're still like I think you still can walk away from the season, especially now a few days removed, and you can say, "All right, that was fun. That was a fun year." And yeah. you found the quarterback who you believe will be your quarterback in the future, which is maybe the most important thing on the agenda. Exactly. I was going to say. I mean, they had a heck of a year to me. They got better, they got younger, and they found their franchise quarterback. That's mm-hmm. a lot for one year. Yep. Even. Lamar supporters, after he was drafted, I think we're thinking that after this year, we're not going to know as much about him as we would like to and whether he can really be the franchise guy. And we certainly would know that instantly, as soon as he got into the lineup, the whole organization changed, really. The excitement level among fans, among players, yep. just went through the roof. The Ravens are fun again this year. That, I mean, that's a big thing, too. The Ravens got fun again they, this year. They did. And so they checked off a lot of things this year, particularly having not made the playoffs at all yep. the last three years. I mean, you know, Ravens fans and Ravens players, the standards here are very high, but it's not easy to make the playoffs. Yep. It, it got to be... Almost, I'm not going to say taking for granted, but it got to be regularity during John's first years that oh, the Ravens go to the playoffs and just see how far they go. Yeah. Now, having been humble for a few years, this to me was a major step forward. The Ravens were on the cusp of a big organizational change. I mean, they were on the cusp of a total rebuild, really. I mean, Ozzie Newsome, there's obviously a lot of talk about John Harbaugh and his future here. Uh, starting quarterback, a lot of aging veterans. Now... Not only did that, usually a lot of teams that are on the cusp of that who have been losing for several years and out of the playoffs, they have one really bad year. I'm talking really bad year. And then they reset it, and then maybe they return a better team for it. Look at the Colts, mm-hmm. right? In the transition between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, Peyton got injured. They were awful. Drafted Andrew Luck and instantly turned around. The Ravens turned around their franchise 
while winning the AFC North and now have opened this window and like you were talking about Cliff had a bunch of rookies step up and play really well and other young players so now they've opened up this window where you're looking at next year I mean the Ravens will probably be the favorites or among them to win the AFC North probably be considered they will definitely be considered a playoff contender again next year I mean you've kind of almost in a way reset it while having success, which is pretty abnormal. Yeah, I mean, Lamar gets so much attention, but look at all the young players that I'm looking forward to seeing them. Marlon Humphrey, uh, Orlando Brown, yeah. uh, Gus Edwards, Mark forget, Andrews. Yeah, I was going to say, don't leave your boy out. Mark yeah, Andrews. right, exactly. And Hayden Hurst, even though obviously he got a lot of grief as not producing like people thought he would as the number first-round pick, yep. he showed signs coming on to the end that he could turn it around, and he definitely suffered an injury. Yeah that I give him credit for not making excuses. But when you have foot surgery uh, in August, this wasn't like an off-season thing, he wasn't right this year. I think, you know, no matter what you think he's going to become, Hurst wasn't healthy a large part of this season. So they have a lot of young players who should be ascending, can grow together. That's exciting. And it's peanut. Judon, absolutely. Uh, some of those other younger guys that aren't necessarily rookies, right? But, you know, I, still young. I agree with all, everything you're saying, but and I don't want to spend too much time on this. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that it's time to completely turn the page on the old guys on the defense. But that's like a big conversation, sure. a big question this oh, yeah. offseason. The Weddle, the Suggs, I Jimmy. Agree. Do Give you just run. turn the page, or do no. you just try to keep the band together? And I'm more of the ilk that you maybe try to keep the band together Me as too. much as possible. Me too. For one. One more, maybe two, probably one. Probably one. <laughs> now, well, not to say one more. case, would be one. Yeah, not, songs, maybe two. I don't know. Yeah, not to say that, like, you keep it together and then you have one more year of your window being open. I think, like you're saying, yeah, the yeah, window's yeah. open. But I think specifically with this defense. Yeah. Being so good, yeah. 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 Uh, before we get into, because we do want to talk about, we'll go around the circle here and talk about the biggest offseason priority. You mm-hmm. kind of already tipped your cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let the cat out of the bag on yours. Uh, I, did, I wanted to go back, and this is something that, you know, we're going to have her on the pod here, Michelle Andres, our, our boss. You're right. Uh, she is a big fan of this, is going back and self-scouting. It's going back to what your prediction was and seeing if you were right, okay? Because she just, and I agree, you know, it's easy to toss out a prediction. Everybody does it. Everybody right. can do it. Does anybody keep track of it? Anybody keep track? Anybody keep score? So, I went back, Garrett. And listen, I wish I, I remembered or wrote down what podcast number it was for fans, but you can find it. This is our Season Predictions podcast. Right. Cliff okay. was on this. And again, he was the judge. He was the judge. He was about like three days into the job right. at this point. Wow. Something like that. It was pretty early. Nice. I think it was three weeks, actually. But yeah. All right. So I'll start going through this, okay? okay. We started at, uh, we'll start here, Flacco over or under 4,000 passing yards. I know I said under. Garrett said under, I said over. How many finished with? 2,465. <laughs> now, I will say, so, okay, so let's keep track here. Garrett, one, yep. Ryan, zero. Yep. Okay. Um, and let's just say that Joe was on pace to finish with a career high in passing yards. Was the question on pace? I'm just saying, I'm just qualifying. <laughs> I, I had a question on pace. You have one. I'm just throwing out the qualifier that he was on pace for a career high. Okay. Next, Alex Collins. Over under a thousand rushing yards. Well, I, I know. Went, we, I, I know. We both said. We, we both, both said. said over. Wow. So we both get zero for that one. Um, now we have interceptions leader. Ooh, I don't remember. Who. I we think we both, both said, said Weddle. Oh so man, we both missed zero. On that zero. Uh, Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, and Jimmy all had two each. 
Jane. His two in the final game. Right. We could have we could have basically picked any <laughs> member of the secondary and, yeah. and done better than we did. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Sacks leader. Now you chided me when I went back and listened to this for. I never pick Suggs to be the sax right. leader. I always think he's going to be served. But you still missed it. But then I went with Suggs this year. <laughs> and so do you. Yeah, I, so, I did. Ends it, ends. Okay, so Suggs had what, seven and a half? Seven. 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 Eight and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, which is interesting because I think if you were, if 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 I were to not have picked Suggs, I probably would have gone with Judon. Over Zedarius, like if I were thinking back, I would have gone Zedarius. I would have gone But uh, <laughs> Judon had eight, I believe, and and Zedarius was eight and a half. Receptions leader, you went with Smokey, I went with Crabtree. The right answer was Willie Sneed. <laughs> I do remember the conversation on that. That was a tough one. Yeah, it was receptions. Tough. Yeah, right. touchdown catches. We both went with Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> we we both lost once again. Uh, who think, who was the receptions leader? The touchdowns touchdown leader. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think it was John, wasn't it? Huh? Was it John? Smokey Brown, he had I think four. it was John, yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't by a lot, no. but he was the leader. Yeah. Uh, receiving yards. You went with John Brown, uh-huh. who ended up with leading the team. Leading the team. Now, you said he was going to top 1,000. He did not do that. No. Well, yeah. I went with Crabtree, only under the guise that I didn't think John Brown was going to play all 16 games. I said if they So all you were played, doubly wrong. <laughs> Can we, can we take a point away from you on that? Uh, you can't. I, I'd be in the negative. You got I a have, minus one. You I have, have minus zero one right so now. far. I have zero so far. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So now we get to breakout player of the year. Okay. I'm on the board on this one. I went with – I first said John Brown. You wouldn't let me do it because you said John Brown's not a breakout player. He signed a big contract. I should have let you go with that. So I went with Marlon Humphrey. Good pick. Very good pick. One of the MVP, team MVP from the media. You went with Zedaria Smith. Another good pick. Two there we go. Picks. Two good picks. So two we each get one. Yeah. So we each get, we each get one for I that. I'm already, I've got three though. Because yeah. you have three. Yeah. Oh, you got three for me? Oh no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're yeah, right. You're receiving yards. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> three more. Okay. All right. Rookie of the year, uh, or most impactful rookie is how we worded it. You went with Orlando Brown. Okay. Pretty solid pick. I went with Hayden Hurst. (laughs) 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 But but I don't think you get a point for that because I would at least get a half. I don't know. You get a half. Lamar Jackson? Come on. Right. Come on. I mean, Orlando Brown. Here's what you get. You get your pick was better than mine, but you don't get a point. Uh, <laughs> Not even half points. He started. Right. He started ten games. He was right very tackle. good. But it, the question is most impactful rookie, and then there's no doubt that the answer was Lamar Jackson. Okay, the Ravens make the playoffs if I said if the Flacco meter is elite. <laughs> Another whiff. That's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> you said. If the Ravens can stop their late game defensive meltdowns. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. That's a point. That's a point. That's Didn't you chide point. me for that too? I think you chided me I for think that. I, I came back and said, like, that's all a little overhyped. That, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so off on this. I was so bad. I'll admit it. All right. Now. Now. Oh, sorry. This, this is fun. I like this. this yeah. <laughs> I knew this was, you were going to love this as I was going through it. Uh, comeback player of the year, you said Tavon Young. Not a bad pick. Uh-huh. I think my pick was better, though. I said Marshall Yonda. I would say mine was a little bit better. But, but uh, I mean, Tavon Young, a scoop of score in, in Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, and Marshall went to the Pro Bowl. And Marshall went to the Pro Bowl. We'll get, each give a point. What do you think, Cliff? 
I think Yonder was an easier pick. You know, if Yonder stayed healthy, he's a great player. It was an easier I, pick. I, I, I like Tavon. That's, that's, that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, and lastly, we predict the fin- predicted the final record. Okay. And this is where I, I, I atoned for all my mistakes here. Okay. You get 10 and 6? I went 10 and 6. It was, well, we did over and under 9. Okay. And, I, and I, did, I said over, and I said I think it's going to be 10 win season. Okay. And I, my argument that I made was I think the defense will be better than it was last year. I said a top five unit, boom, uh-huh. in the NFL. And I said I predicted the offense would be in the top ten. They finished number nine. Very good. And what did I say? You said you hem and hawed, and you made a big, long talk about how the Ravens' opponents, about how the Ravens' yep. opponents were so much harder. Which they were, and the, and the Ravens weren't going to get a bunch of backup quarterbacks. Which they like, didn't. Like they right. were. So you you gave this long qualifier, and then, and then we made saying. you nail it down. We were like, you go over under, and you were like. Well, I can't go under. So, go <laughs> so I did. So I went like over. Company man. <laughs> so I went over. Basically, you gave a long qualifier that led to right. like you basically saying, "I think we're going to go under," and then you said over. But you so did say over. over. You so did over. say yeah. over. And so you what? said, and you said your reasoning for that. I'll give you credit. Was once again, you said you think they're going to clean up the end of the game uh, failures that they had, even though that they would have fewer turnovers. Right. Which happened. In, yeah. Yeah. Which was, Excellent. So even the turnover point, interesting. Excellent. The turnover point, yeah. Well, we both mentioned that that they probably wouldn't get as yeah. many turnovers. Yeah. Um, so I congratulate you, sir. <laughs> you feels good. You absolutely dominant. Not <laughs> that you did well, because you missed a lot here. Well, Weddle, yeah, Suggs, t- touchdowns, receptions. I did great. Right. But next yeah. year, can you please predict that the Ravens won't go to the Super Bowl <laughs> and I won't win the lottery? Can you please do that for me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The opposite of what I predict comes true. Exactly. I'll have to, I'll have to make up for this in our uh, mock draft. Well, I was going to say, this is here. this is sort of like order is restored in the world. You had a hot mock draft was, this year. I was You hot. hit Orlando Brown and you hit Hayden Hurst. Nice. And typically, his mock drafts are <laughs> abomination. Right. I mean, it is right. ugly. And so and I dominated fe- you in the travel draft. It was feeling pretty good. See, the travel draft doesn't even exist. <laughs> you, you were feeling pretty good about it. And so this basically restores order in the world. I feel good about this. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we let Cliff go, let's talk about uh, – we're going to roll it forward a little bit to 2019. And we're not going to get into all the nitty-gritty of who should the Ravens draft and right. who should they release and who should they resign and all that stuff because – we got plenty of podcasts to talk about that. Uh, but just kind of big picture, what do you guys think is the biggest offseason priority for the Ravens? I think it's to not have their defense be blown up Interesting. by, okay. by the, uh, whatever personnel decisions are made. Mm-hmm. I think that this defense had a great chemistry. Uh, I think that Wing Martindale did a heck of a job as defensive coordinator and his familiarity with all the personnel that he has and the fact that they have so many players, really everybody back from last year's defense, really helped them as a unit. And I know everybody's not coming back, but I think it's key that they not make too many changes to this defense that was the best in the NFL. And as the cliche said, defense travels. And regardless of what changes they make offensively, and how much Lamar improves, mm-hmm. if they have a defense that's a top five defense again next season, that alone could be enough to keep them as a team that gets back into the playoffs. Yep, I agree. Well, I already talked about the offensive line. I think I think that beef up the offensive line and add a stud running back. Could you imagine this team with you have a 
you know, Ryan and I, you and I have talked oh, about Leonard Fournette. Baby. <laughs> I just read as we were doing this podcast that Leonard Fournette met with Tom Coughlin and the Jags to clear the air, and things are looking good for him staying in Jacksonville. Ah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why he's Leonard Fournette. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. But, uh, but I do. A, a stud running back and beef up this offensive line, and that's a scary offense for next year. To me, the biggest offseason priority is Lamar Jackson. How are you going to build up? Kind of to your yeah. point, how are you going to build this offense around Lamar? Because last year the Ravens were kind of in limbo. I mean, they were building an offense for Joe. They talked about it. They said these moves are made for Joe Flacco. They weren't necessarily able to completely plan for the future because they wanted to give Joe another shot at it to prove himself. This offseason, it's clearly all about Lamar. Not only is it Lamar improving from a coaching and mechanics and all that kind of standpoint, improving him as a passer and, and whatnot, improving his reading of defenses and understanding of the offense and opening up more of the Ravens offense for him, but it's also building an offense around Lamar that best maximizes what he does best. That's, to me, the biggest priority. Yeah, I, I, and I, I agree with that. And I, the reason I point to the Here's offensive line... Here's a little line more nuance. Is, is basically, I think that doing those things will allow what you're... No, no, of course. Yeah, but I think we would all agree that Lamar taking another Lamar's step... development. Yeah, yeah. Is, is first and foremost for... That, that's that's priority number one for everything related to this team. And it's going to be for the next few years, yeah. not just this offense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, with that said, we're going to welcome in Michelle Andres, our boss, uh, for a little evaluation, Garrett, of... I mean, we, the just podcast through, this year. we just went through it, but yeah, it's it's kind of like season end, season review time. So let's bring her on. All right, Michelle, aka the boss, <laughs> the boss, the boss, brought you on to you know, it's the end of the season, end of the year, the calendar year. Why are you giving me that look? I already feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need a camera in here. You it's would, true. I'm sweating already. Good. Mm-hmm. I like it that way. It's yeah, performance review time. Yep. Okay. So you got to review the Lounge podcast and how we did this year. Also, we got to share some of these details well, we here. We need to talk about. Yeah, that. I think we need to share some of these details. I would agree. Thank so you, we Garrett. went over. Right. We went over our preseason predictions because we all know that you like to hold people yes. accountable. Yes. Exactly. Why is that? I just find it annoying that people make a prediction then it doesn't come to fruition, and nobody calls them out on it. It's true. If you're wrong all the time, maybe you lose your press schedule. You're just, <laughs> you're just, all, you're just always wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. There you go. Right. So, but in light of these results, yeah. I do not know what that to be the case. So go ahead and share the, the quick overview. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The quick overview is that I did not know at all what was going to happen this season. <laughs> I got nothing right. Hardly anything you right. You got one right. I got one right and the most important one right. And that was what the Ravens' record was going to be and that we were going to be in the playoffs and why we were going to be in the playoffs. That was an incredible spin zone. He shares the one that he got right. We, we, ta- yeah. we tallied him up. I got five correct. Mink got one correct. It's true. Why do you work here? <laughs> right. Why yeah. do you pay this guy? Oh. <laughs> You're starting the tough questions. <laughs> anyway, Michelle, that's a good segue. Your review of the Lounge podcast this year, you listen to every single one of them. You are our editor, kind of our QC, a little quality control. You tell us to take out some of the more ridiculous things that we say on this <laughs> podcast that never make it to light. Mm-hmm. What would you say you liked about the podcast? What things did Garrett say that you didn't like? And what great things did I say that you loved? <laughs> 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 I... Pretty much almost every week end up saying 
that you're both goobers. <laughs> it's true. We can't yeah, argue that with that true. point. She's like, you two are a couple goobers. <laughs> yes. What is it? Why, why do you say that? What makes you say that? Everybody? Because you think you're far funnier than you actually are. <laughs> Yikes. That one cuts deep. That one cuts deep. I think it's the big, <laughs> the big win. It's always, we always end with that and you're just like That would be on the list, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, overall, I think you all do a fine job. Fine. Five, <laughs> really is that like a five out of ten, or you mean that's like fine, like you know? That's sort of more how I meant it. Okay, yeah, that's but what I thought. I'd give you a seven point seven five. All right, C's, the, C's get degrees. Right, the easiest, <laughs> the easier, easy answer on a scale of one ten, you know, is a seven. So right. she's above that. Favorite so ep- favorite episode of the year. Oh, you're putting her on the spot. I don't what was your? What was I your, was gonna ask that, but I was. What was your? What was your favorite oh. episode of the year? I thought the RG three one. RG three Lamar. Lamar was great. That was what both of the quarterbacks. I think. Yeah. RG three was very good. Um, Lamar is adorable. I would have to say this one because we brought Michelle on. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nothing like a little brown nose. Now you see to answer the question of why I'm still here. Incredibly <laughs> transparent. <laughs> Isn't he Garrett? Yes. Oh, yes. Garrett, or Michelle, what's your favorite thing about me and Garrett, and what's your <laughs> least favorite thing about me and Garrett as employees? And people. And people. <laughs> Garrett is a very snazzy dresser. Ooh. No. Thank you. No. I'm glad we got that on the podcast. No. Mink That's... is... Not? Mink, <laughs> no. Mink is... A pretty snazzy writer. Hey, all right. I agree with that. that. I agree with that. Mink is the most gooberish of all my employees. Of all the goobs, <laughs> the gooberest of the and goobs. And Garrett spends far too much department money. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's true. So, the, what should we discuss? Trick plays. Oh, we, that's a good one. That's a good one. When Sam Cooke comes onto the field, is that your favorite part of a game because you know there's potential for the Sam Cooke pass? It is my hope that Sam will participate in a trick play. It rarely happens. I am a proponent of using the trick play more frequently. You know what's interesting about that is I think that that sort of is the way that the NFL has gone. I think you've kind of been ahead of the curve on this because you've talked about this for years and there's more and more... like. The Philly special was run in the Super Bowl last year, and that was like an iconic play. So I think you're out of something. But here's here's the thing is that this year would have been the year to do the trick plays with Joe and with Lamar on the team at the same time and on the field at the same time. Like where wherever was there the pitch to Lamar (laughs) throw to Joe or throw to Joe or like throw it backwards to Lamar and he throws it. I know. Did we just never get to that one? I kind of wish we got to that one. Well, you know, Lamar's new. Yeah. You want to ease them in. Yeah. But next year, I have an expectation for more trick plays. Who's your favorite player on the team? Lamar. Ooh. Really? Why is that? Because he's adorable. Okay. He's so nice. But here's the thing. You love all the rookies because you the know. rookies come in. They do come in, and they're very nice. Yes. And that's when you appreciate, appreciate them the most. That's true. That's true. They, they are untainted. Is that a word? Yes, by success. Sure. Yeah, that by works. success at that early stage. But I think Lamar is going to be different. Hmm. I think he's raised really good, and he lives with his mama, and 
he's just kind and good and humble, and I really hope all that stays. You don't I don't have it, any negative judgment about a 22-year-old man still living with his mother. No. <laughs> I actually think it's outstanding in his position. I, I agree with you. I only joke. Now, my parents said when I graduated college. Get out. Yeah, they said, they said you out. got about three months here after college and you're done. Yeah. I, I understand that. Okay. I would say the same thing, too, if I were living with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you shared an office with me for, you know, Ten what, years? seven years? I've been trying to kick you out for about seven of those. Yeah, Garrett... Garrett has been trying to get his own office for a long time. This one I, right here looks perfect. We're, I, we're taping the lounge. I am totally fine sharing an office, Michelle. I don't give you any hard times about that. And I always you say, want out of the lounge, Garrett. And what I are always you say, name the lounge if there is no lounge. If you had to share an office with Mink, you would feel my pain on a daily basis. So just like your parents, getting the gyros out of the drawer. <laughs> Dude, I might have to go back and eat one of those right now. Gross. Now that you mention it. So gross. <laughs> what do you think? is in store for the 2019 Ravens. Good things. Yeah, why do you, why do you say that? <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Um, I don't know, I honestly do not know. I hope we're able to hold our defense together. Um, I think that would be really important. I, think, I do think Lamar will get better. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what our new general manager, Eric DaCosta, does mm -hmm. with the team. Um, I think this season gave everybody a lot of hope and excitement. It's been a rough few years, yes. and this was a really fun season. And I think the fans were totally into it, and I think they'll come back for more in 19. And I hope we're able to deliver. I agree. Do, do you still have fun watching the games even though you have to sit next to us and you yell at us all the time? No, I don't enjoy watching the games at all. It's torture. <laughs> but it really has nothing to do with you all. It, it's just so stressful. Well, here, here's the real question. Now that Eric DaCosta is the general manager, will he still torment you on the road the way he has? Ooh, let's talk about that. That's yeah. a fair question. I always have to sit next to him on the road, and he has done very mean things to my computer and to me. <laughs> well, here's the problem, is that whenever Michelle gets up from her computer on the road, when Eric's sitting next to her, she turns to me or whoever's sitting next to her and says, Protect Pro me. Protect my computer while I'm gone, right? But here's Eric DaCosta, the general manager, and if he wants to screw with Michelle's computer, <laughs> am I really going to say, Eric, Back off, dude. You, you gotta decide where your loyalty is. That's right. right. That's, that's called a pickle. Uh, not if you want to keep your job. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. True. I guess Eric DeCosta doesn't have firing power over me. Right. You do, obviously, as you've told me many, many, many times. Many, many times. <laughs> you've reminded me quite frequently. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's mm -hmm, a good point. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Michelle, one thing that I will never, ever forget for as long as I live. It's one of my most special and favorite Ravens memories is when you and I were in the press box in the uh, for the Mile High Miracle in Denver, mm. and Michelle is sitting next to me, and you know it's crunch time, and Joe throws that pass, and I remember you just getting up out of your seat. We were the last row; we were in the back, so there was like room to walk back there, and you're just going. Did that, like, are you kidding me? Did that just happen? Did that really just happen? You were like sitting, you don't remember this at all. I don't remember this Oh, you were, she blacked out. She did. I must have. It was, I will never forget you, like. I remember like, Foxborough. Well, when Garrett threw a chair through a window. <laughs> no. I remember Foxborough when we were 
about to win that game and oh, go to the Super Bowl. You're talking about 2011 Fox. That's where I threw my chair out the window. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Is that, yeah. didn't we play in Foxborough? Yes. Right? That took us to the, yeah. Correct. Lee Evans, Billy Cunniff, yeah. You're talking, about oh, you're talking about 2012. You're talking about good Foxborough. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was just like, oh my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I kept looking around at everyone who was there with me going, can they come back? Can they come back? Can they come back? We were up by what? Yeah. I don't know what it was. 14 or whatever. Yeah. Something. Carrie and made I, that interception. And yeah. John Eisenberg is like, no, they're not coming back. And I'm like, we're going to the Super Bowl. That's awesome my feel. memory. So I remember that one. I don't remember Mile High Miracle. You must have blacked out. I was freezing. It was very good. That must have been it. That was a Are you very, sure very you're not making that up? Positive. Michelle, <laughs> what kind of journalist would I be? <laughs> <laughs> Never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, Michelle. I got to go. Thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah, I got to get going. I know we had to drag you on here, but we appreciate you doing it. No, it's about time you had me on. We've, the invite, it's been an open invitation for years. Wrong. And we finally convinced Wrong. you. Wrong. Michelle literally just... I had to force come, my way in here. <laughs> you came by and you're like, why can't I come on the <laughs> Then we're like, all right, come on in. And then you're nowhere to be found. You're That's in a true. meeting or I was something. editing the show. Ooh. I got to watch a lot that. of hats, folks. A lot of That's hats. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us, Michelle. Thank you for finally having me. You can keep, you can keep your job. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, hey it's a win. <laughs> it's a win. All right, well, thank you to Michelle. Thank you to Cliff. Yep. The 2018 season's in the books. and uh, it's a success. It was a success. AFC North Championship, and we got to keep our jobs. Yes, most importantly. <laughs> the second piece is most important. <laughs> so, fun year. Lots of exciting things to come in 2019. And as we always say at the end of every year, People always ask, hey, what are you going to do now? The season's over. Do you just basically get off until August? No. The answer is no. There's a lot of things coming up. We have the Pro Bowl in two weeks. I'll be there. We've got the Combine coming up. Uh, we've owners got meetings. owners meetings. <clears throat> we've got free agency in March. The draft Senior is in Bowl. April. Senior Bowl is in two weeks. So there is no shortage of events, and uh, we'll be here to cover all of it. So the yeah. offseason in many ways, it's not quite as busy, but – there's periods of time where it is just as busy, if not more, than the regular season. Oh, and guess what? They just announced that Eric DaCosta signed his contract to become the GM. So, with yeah. that, we're off and running. Let's hope, Garrett, for a big <laughs> off season. Thanks for listening. <laughs>